reason I first started trading Bitcoin is because the markets, and when I say markets, I mean currencies, commodities, and equities, all became very unpredictable. Well, not unpredictable, but this, they were no longer systematic. And there's been a lot of research to show since quantitative easing was introduced, these last 10 years have been the worst time in 160 years to be a trader, a swing time trader. You've had more hedge funds close their doors in that 10-year period than you did at the bottom of 2008. This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host, Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for another Bitcoin Basics podcast. Now with this one, we are doing a follow-up on our previous macro um, markets and Bitcoin in 2020. Um, it is worthwhile watching this on our YouTube channel because we are using TradingView. And if you are new to trading or even just want to keep an eye on um, the price of Bitcoin, we do recommend TradingView. It's free and basic models are cheap. And... Uh, we are not endorsed by them, but we do have an affiliate code with them, and it would do us a lot of help if you just went to coincompass.com slash trading with you. Anything you would like us to specifically cover, we're always open to requests. Please go to coincompass.com, um, subscribe to our social media, and we have a lot of free content up there at the moment as well, which you can access coincompass.com slash free. And just to add to that, coincompass.com slash ask. If you want to ask a question, we'll be doing a Q&A very, very soon. So ask that Bitcoin-related question you've always wanted to know. Thanks. Thank you, Warren. Hi, everyone. Once again, and welcome to another Bitcoin Basics podcast with me, your host, Gordon, coming from a beach that you can see here. And Faris, you still in the bunker, Faris? I am, but at least I'm wearing a shirt for the occasion, Gordon. Hey, man. It's... <laughs> Actually, just pause out a second. Well, I had to turn off the aircon, so that's why uh, I'm uh, loosely, casually dressed. I didn't know it was suit and tie. I'm sorry. <laughs> so before we begin, let's do a proof of recording. The current block time is 622,151 on 19th of March, 2020. And Bitcoin is $5,379.54, at least according to Bitstamp. So the question, Faris, everyone wants to know is, when should I buy Bitcoin? So, yeah, tuning in, um, it has been incredibly volatile in the um well all markets all asset classes and following up on our last recording there's um, some things i want to look at um people if you're logging in you probably you know want to go straight to bitcoin so we'll go to bitcoin and i'll bring up a chart here and gordon is that visible at your end not yet oh i probably should click share screen shouldn't i that's that the one point. All right, man. We're not we're not professional yet. Okay. 
Perfect. Uh, so you can see trading view? Yep. Cool. Okay. So um, what I want to look at here is Bitcoin is actually holding up better than I thought it would. Um, I mean, we had this huge sell-off where we went broke all the way down past 6,000. So you would expect whoever was short to cover their shorts. Um, but this is a daily chart. And so for this week, it's actually Bitcoin's done better than I thought. And when I say better than I thought, it's because I'd be comparing it to the rest of the markets. So if we go, um, and in our last video, we did look at the NASDAQ 100 in detail. So if you look at the NASDAQ on the same time periodicity, so a daily chart, we see that is just doing lower lows, lower highs and lower lows, whereas Bitcoin is going sideways. So that's just basically been straight down, lower lows and lower highs. And Bitcoin um, is not hitting lower lows since a week ago. So it's actually doing better than I thought it would. And another thing which is surprising is this is Bitcoin against US dollar. So there's an anti-correlation there. So if you're buying an asset in US dollars, so for example, let's use gold again. If the price, if the US dollar is going down, then gold's going up and vice versa. There usually is that correlation. Um, so what we've seen in the dollar is a dollar has actually done this huge V-shape. And this was a real big fake out because a lot of people believed that two key levels on the U.S. dollar, and this is a, um, referred to as a Dixie. So it's composed of a percentage of Euro, Japanese Yen, Great British Pound, and then a few others. But it's, I think, 68% weighted against the Euro. So you look at the U.S. dollar, it broke below 95, which people said if it goes below 95, it's going much, much lower. But then we had this incredible V-shaped recovery broken through 100. Um, to me, this says the dollar is actually going significantly higher, probably 20% before we end up seeing the end of the dollar as a, as a currency, as a global reserve currency. Um, that's my, if you're interested in that view, follow Luke Roman and Brent Johnson. They're active on Twitter. Um, so that's where you would expect Bitcoin to go down as dollars are going up. So, and gold is performing worse than Bitcoin. So if I bring up gold, see that lower highs and lower lows. Um, I mean, that is just a hideous looking chart for gold. And in our last presentation, I thought gold would bounce. Gordon, a question. So isn't Bitcoin, gold and other safe haven assets meant to be going up as the stock market goes down yes but not immediately so and we covered this in our last video where basically they say that the markets are is when everything's on sale people are aren't buying they're running out the exit so you think about if there's a shop and it has a fire sale you go into that shop and you buy your shoes your computers whatever there's a fire sale in the stock market. There's a fire sale in financial markets and everyone's selling. Everyone's trying to get out. So to begin with, everything goes down, including gold. Um, if gold breaks 1440, then it's going pr pretty low. And I would that would make me change my view as to is gold going to break to all-time highs. When I say break, I mean on a weekly candle, it has to close below that level. So originally you expect everything to go down 
when the dust settles, people go, okay, what's cheap? What can I buy? So this is where I'm surprised that Bitcoin is actually holding up at 53, 53, 5,400 level. Um, I thought by now we'd revisit these lower levels. Yes, Gordon. Do you, <laughs> that's just an audible, non-audible cue, by the way. Um, a lot of podcasters, sorry, not podcasters, YouTubers, because they're, of course, way more professional than podcasters, have said that it looks like there is a um, symmetrical triangle on the daily or a bear flag forming. What, what do you think about that? So I actually, yeah, I did look at that. And so the way a bear flag works, right, is say this big black candle here, that is your flag pole. And then if we draw a couple of trend lines here, and it needs to hit at least two points on either side, there, then yeah, it is. It's not technically... Um, and this is just by my naked eye. It's not the prettiest because it's quite narrow. And also you want to see a 50% retracement of this flagpole. So from 7,800 down to 4,800, that's a $2,000 move. We would, should have gone up. Um, oh, sorry, it's more than that. Yeah, you want it to retrace 50%. Let me do math in my head here. So 78. Uh, to 48, 3,000, so 1,500 from the bottom, so 58. So you really want it to go up to about 63. So yeah, about there is where I would have liked to have seen this go up and then go sideways a bit more, but because of these huge spikes, that's where I would look at that and i go, yeah, you could make the case for that, but also this anchor point should be about here which you can ignore these wicks and that just that kind of looks like an excuse of a flag to me. So that's for me, that's, a, that's not something I trade just off that pattern. Yeah, I agree with that analysis. And if it was, I guess we'll find out soon in the next couple of days. Anyway, if it breaks out, you could also argue that, well, I don't know, just from a, I just sort of thought of this, there is that black um, hammer, candle about three days ago yeah which could which could i'm not saying it is which could um indicate a trend reversal not for me so for me i would have to see the close much higher to the top so for me for that to be a hammer um, or a shooting star that close is way too low so it's telling you it went it's went as low as 4460 it went as high as 53, but closed at 50, uh, 5,000, sorry. So that closed well below the high. So to me, that's why I'd look at that and I'd say, that's not a reversal candle to me. Um, right. And especially if you look at a candle after that, you had supply. So it again, it didn't close anywhere near the high. We're going sideways since, and let me bring up volume just to see what volume's done. And while you're doing that, it looks like we are going sideways, of course. Uh, do you want to give us the um, upper and lower ranges? Yes. Yeah, sure. This podcast, by the way, is for me to pick Ferris's brain so I can actually put my stop losses at, you know, the right points. 
Okay, so right, and this is why, so, yep, there was a lot of volume on this day. And you said that was a lot of people trading Bitcoin on this day here that had, um, Campbell, you brought up on the 16th of March, and it did not close near the highs. So that's concerning to me because it, um, you had a, a lot of people involved in buying and selling Bitcoin, and it did not close near the highs on that day. Um, so levels for me, this is where it gets a bit tricky because I had 6,000 as a key level, but because it went through it so fast, it just decimated that level. So think of it this way. It, it, it went through a wall. If it goes through and leaves a hole in the wall on the way back, the wall is still standing, but there's a hole in it. But what it did was it turned the wall to rubble. So to me, 6,000 probably isn't as much a resistant zone as I initially said it was going to be because of how quickly it went through it. So to answer your question, I'm zooming out to a daily chart here, see how it looks. A uh, weekly chart, sorry. So on a weekly chart, you've got key resistance at 6,300. Now that's interesting, because before I said we would want a 50% retracement of that huge move down, and I said that would bring us to 6,300, and we've got these levels here at 6,300, 64, sorry. So on Bitstamp, I would see resistance at 6,400, and support is obviously down here at 4,000. So I would see us bouncing around in that 4,000 to 6,400 range. I see us hitting 6,400 before revisiting 4,000. That depends on a lot of things, though, just if there still is a correlation to the stock market. Um, and yeah, if we see this coronavirus just basically still act as risk off. But to me, the ranges it, right now, medium term ranges is 4,000 to 6,000. Yeah, that seems to be what most people are saying out there on the interwebs. Um, and it seems like a very risky trade at the moment, just going sideways and pretty volatile. So, again, we're not getting any financial advice whatsoever, but um, maybe uh, one of the best things to do, if you're not in yet, is sort of to wait. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and this is the thing, like when I first started trading Bitcoin, the reason I first started trading Bitcoin is because the markets, and when I say markets, I mean currencies, commodities, and equities, all became very unpredictable. Well, not unpredictable, but this, they were no longer systematic. And there's been a lot of research to show since quantitative easing was introduced, these last 10 years have been the worst time in 160 years to be a trader, a swing time trader. You've had more hedge funds close their doors in that 10-year period than you did at the bottom of 2008. Uh, Stan Druckenmiller, if anyone's listening, um, has, or actually just YouTube this, please. If you're thinking of trading, please YouTube Stan Druckenmiller's interview on Real Vision. Um, he'd be one of the top three traders that ever lived. And he said this is the time in his career. He's competing with QE wow. and competing, competing with bots. So, so to answer that in a long way is right now I'm more waiting to trade conventional markets. I'm waiting to go long, go and potentially go long the US dollar and just invest in Bitcoin long term off the profits of those. That's my plan. But how do you make the gods laugh? Tell them your plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As I've said many times on this podcast, I've given up trying to predict the market. I'm just going to go with the trend and 
you know, um, if I lose five, uh, sorry, if I miss out on five or 10% profit because I didn't time the bottom absolutely exactly, eh, so be it. I'd rather be, um, I'd rather be right and miss out on a little bit of profit than be wrong, certainly at this stage of the market. Okay, um, so zooming out a little bit, I mean, that's short term, of course. Again, no one sort of knows what's going to happen short term. Um, if the Fed, uh, especially in the US, keeps on printing money, which they probably will do, they'll uh, print money, print their way out of it. What effect do you think that's going to have sort of medium term? Well, they're already doing that. And like a lot of governments have said, here's what we're doing, we're doing QE, and it hasn't made a difference. So they've actually released a lot of more QE in this last week. And when I say they, the US, Australia, Europe, it hasn't made a difference. Markets are still going down. So where to from here? Yeah, so Gores, this is what you put me on to. And, um, and this I find very interesting is we've, for the first time um, since, gosh, ever. I think it's the first time ever, yes. Yeah, we've broken this log chart on Bitcoin. Yeah. So that is huge. And I actually said this to you. I said, as soon as something becomes obvious, that correlation is going to break. So, yeah, this is the first time, and we significantly close below it on a weekly mm -hmm. chart. I mean, that, yeah. So that basically, you know, I hate to say this, guys, this, it renders this chart void. Yeah, it does. This has all been over trading view as well. Yeah, no, I haven't been paying attention to the markets lately, actually. Well, oh, there's nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. No, it's in the past, this is something I'd be jumping on in trading. Now I'm just going to wait for the dust to settle. So I'm not going to make the same mistake of just shorting, buying. Just There's just too much volatility. I think things are going to get really bad. And then I'll just wait for the dust to settle and then get in there. But right now you're just walking into a storm. You don't know which way things are going to go. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, same applies to Bitcoin at these levels. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of resistance up ahead and there's just, there's a little support below where it knows 4,600 to 6,300 ranges. Quite volatile, but uh, when the dust settles, and this is an optimistic view, I'm not saying this is net, this will necessarily happen, but it could be a bit of a perfect storm or perfect timing for Bitcoin coming into the halving in, you know, what two or three weeks. But I mean, after the halving, that's when Bitcoin could shine. Yeah. So with the halving order, I think that's completely priced in, and by that, I think it's actually going to be largely ignored. There are so many things going on in the world right now. Um, markets are crashing. Uh, there's a U.S. dollar shortage, the coronavirus. I don't think the fact that Bitcoin is supply will halve. People are going to care. It's going to be page 27 of the news. And uh, yeah, there's we follow Peter Brandt on Twitter. And um, March 18th, he tweeted this. Can you see my screen, Gordon? Yep. So Bitcoin halving equals grossly overrated. The daily trading volume of Bitcoin equals the real supply of Bitcoin. The daily reduction of mined Bitcoins, new supply, equals approximately two one-hundredths of 1% 1 of real supply. Reduction in new supply because of having as percentage of real supply equals chunk change. So that's you know, um, a technical um, 
analysis of it, which, but to me, it's just, yeah, look at everything else going on in the world. Like, I, I honestly just don't see a big picture of people going, oh, Bitcoin's halved, let's buy some. There's just going to be too many other things going on. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. I'd be surprised, to be honest, if, you know, within a, a week or even two or three weeks, either way, the halving, we, we did see much happen. Oh, nothing's going to happen around now. But historically, if anything's going to happen, it happened well, both times, of course. We only got two data points. It happened yeah. about six months after the halving. Oh, six months after the halving is a long time. So, yeah, I absolutely, by then, see Bitcoin hopefully resuming its full trend. Uh, yeah, six months from there, it's yeah, a long time. It's, in Bitcoin, it's like 66 years. <laughs> sure is. Well, that's it from my end. Anything else you want to finish up on? No, like I said, I've kind of been ignoring the markets because if I take a look too closely, I get itchy trigger fingers and try to jump in, which is not how you want to trade. So I'm just waiting right now. I think, um, yeah, I won't be trading this right now. Cash is king in that cash gives you opportunities. And I think it's quite funny that <laughs> I was talking about this the other day with people telecommuting. You know, you'd expect things like Zoom and Skype to do very well. And, yeah, a lot of people have been buying Zoom operations by mistake, thinking it's Zoom video. Yeah. So it's little. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing very I well. Think the, I think Zoom operations, the ticker is Zoom, Z-O-O-M, and then Zoom, like Skype sort of Zoom, is like Z-M or something. But, see, this is the thing with markets. Like a few years ago, Bill O'Reilly from Fox News was said something or did something and got him in trouble. So it was, you know, a negative media that day about Bill O'Reilly. And a share, which was a very expensive one, called um, O'Reilly Automotive, went down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like Corona. The parent company of Corona is going down at the moment. <laughs> I'm not going to drink Corona beer. I could get a virus. Well, they should just change it to um, Corona Cure. <laughs> there you go dude i've got an idea so what were we saying i was saying um i'm about to head to the beach i don't know what were you saying i can't remember all right so yeah interesting times in the markets um don't lose sleep by trying to trade this is where i am i'm just watching from a distance um but yeah i think yeah Bitcoin, I'm hoping, just goes sideways for a very long time. That's honestly what I'm hoping because then it gives you an opportunity to accumulate it. Yeah, absolutely. And we've said it a million times. Don't try and pick the bottom. Dollar cost average, once a week, once a month. Do it from 1% of your paycheck, however you want to do it. Forget about the price. Just get in very, very slowly. Don't, like, dump all your life savings into one trade. Yeah. <laughs> which I may have done at uh, another stage, but that's a story for another podcast. Lessons learned from trading. I am not a good trader. <laughs> okay, Ferris, I think that uh, about does it. I promise I'll wear a shirt for the next uh, podcast, but uh, anything you want to end on? No, thank you everyone for tuning in. Okay. Thanks everyone. Until next time. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. 
Until next time.